Hey there, this is Galen Nuttall, your host of the Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. So here's the deal. I love having a positive impact in the lives of others. And one of the main ways I do that is as a financial planner. But wealth is not just the money side of things. It's also health. It's also relationships. It's mindset. So that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, you're going to get a good dose of money knowledge, but I'm also going to interview people who are all about mindset and health and wealth and relationships. So check it out. And if you are a doctor, so I'm going to give you a link. And if you're not a doctor, I'm going to give you a link. If you're a doctor, be sure to go to galenhelpsdocs.com, G-A-L-E-N, helpsdocs.com. Check out my free video series on financial planning for Canadian doctors. If you aren't a doctor, you're still an awesome human being. You can go to gnutall.com, which is G-N-U-T-T-A-L-L.com, and download your free 30-minute guide to Canadian financial planning. So, welcome to the show. Check it out. Enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome to the Clean Bill of Wealth podcast. And today I am here with Tawny Powell. Tawny Powell is a financial coach and strategist currently based out of Georgia, which is awesome because I was born mm-hmm. in Georgia for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, one of the reasons I thought Tawny would be a great fit is, um, Tawny, you were doing some amazing things in the area of empowerment and finances. And it sounds like you got mm. to this in not a super direct route, which is very cool as well. So I can't wait to hear what you're up mm-hmm. to and what you've got to share with people. So welcome, Tawny. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today, Galen. I'm excited just to have a cool conversation today. Yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. And so one of the things is, you know, maybe if you just let people know what you're up to in the area of finances, like, or, or what, like what you're doing for people, what are the big things, like wins you're having in the lives of people, just as a way to kick it off. Yeah. So the newest and biggest uh, project that I've got that I'm working on right now is I just created a financial freedom online course that's in an app that folks can download to their phone. Yeah, I initially thought I would do like the whole website Facebook group thing. uh, But then folks started kind of taking breaks from social media. So I think it's a good way to um, participate. And that's been my COVID project. I always knew I wanted to create an online course and I tend to be go, go, go. And so I never did it. So COVID forced me to stop going, going, going. (laughs) And I was like, well, what do I do now? So it's been really fun. It will launch possibly today. Um, And I've got some students locally here in the course already, but it's essentially a course that takes you through some of the financial tools that you need to know to like get your budget right, savings, debt reductions, credit, um, some beginning learning on investing, but also it talks a lot about money mindset. I wrote an ebook earlier this year that's part of that, like really understanding your relationship with money, how you think about money, how you treat money, and then how you'll perceive money in your life and then how money will tend to show up because of how you're treating it. So um, it's pretty awesome. And there's a cool part is that it's got an individual space and a community space. So folks can you know, share the details in their private space with me. But then we can also talk as a community about some of these things that we don't really talk about enough around like our money habits and hold each other accountable, you know, for the goals that we say we have and check in with each other. You know, when we're like, I want to go below my budget, we can like check in and be like, maybe don't do that today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever it is. So it's interactive and fun. That's the coolest thing that I'm most excited about that I've got going on right now. Well, that sounds amazing because it's definitely... There's a lot out there when it comes to finances, obviously, like I could fill Mm -hmm. a uh, library with all the different financial books out there. And um, 
here. I'm going to re-record that bit because I had a pump go off here. I'm like, I don't know if you could hear that or not, but it was probably pretty loud. Anyways, I'll read. Okay. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so there's a lot of information out there when it comes to finances. I mean, infinite number of books and courses and stuff, but I love the idea of an app because definitely, mm. uh, you know, to make it easy for people um, just to have it. And I love the idea of community where it's like, Hey, help me mm -hmm. all. I'm about to blow my budget on something because <laughs> a lot of people really need right. that external accountability. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're talking about mindset because I am very interested in the topic of behavioral finance. Um, so in yeah. my world as a certified financial planner, they've changed it a little bit in the last year, which I'm proud of them for. I had to study 1200 pages of textbooks to become a financial planner. And only about five of those pages talked about human behavior. When in Whoa. my world, the biggest thing I can help somebody do is modify their behavior and modify their beliefs and modify their habits to then get what they want. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it is just like you said, relationship mm -hmm. with money. Um, there's a lot of shame around money. People thinking that they're not where they should yeah. be. They made all these mistakes in the past. It's too late. So yeah, no, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. and so you made an ebook uh, all about relationship mm -hmm. with money, money mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Very cool. I did that earlier this year. I took a cabin trip for my birthday and I don't know. I don't know. I love what I do. So I would say I don't know how to stop working, but I also love it. And it's fun. So I did it on my birthday trip. <laughs> like I just was like, I'm going to create this cool thing. And it was, it was fun. I did it in like two days. So yeah, it was awesome. Very cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good way to do it. Isolate and like set that, set that time aside for sure. Yeah. yeah very cool. Yeah it's hard to get time to create uh, day to day. I find it hard when I'm working with clients. Yeah. I'm sure you can relate like client appointment, client appointment, following up on, you know, cases or whatever, you know, it, it, could, it was, it was really a gift to have a couple of days of like quiet where I could just spend eight hours of the computer creating something. No, definitely. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. And then, so what would you say like, so for the people who are um, coming into your program, downloading your app like what are the big things big problems that people would have or big things that they're saying that this would help them with yeah a lot of it uh i think it's one of two right i've got a group of folks who are young of the younger demographic like in their 20s who just were never taught anything really about personal finances like have heard of budgets have heard of stuff but don't really know what to do or and there's also a lot of miseducation, especially around like credit, you know, they've heard this or they've heard that. And so I think in one hand, there's a lot of folks who just need to know some of the information that we have and how, and the tools and how to use them effectively. And then I'd say there's another group of folks that, and I think this is more, more often than not who they know. It's not that they don't know how to use a budget. They do it's not. They don't understand their bank account. They do. It's just like you said, it's the habit creation. I was just um, on Zoom with a client last night talking about budgets and a spend, doing a spending tracker and tracking our spending for 30 days. And, the, and she was like, well, why do I need to do both of these? And I think that we often as people, there's a disconnect between swiping our card and the why behind that, can, having that be connected to what we really want for our financial life and our life in general. Like we can get very routinized with, you know, Netflix is on auto pay, of course, or Amazon Prime or whatever. Like I remember a year ago, even myself, I did an audit of my bank account to be like, how many subscriptions do I actually have? And it was like 50 or $60 worth of stuff that 
I canceled just about all of it. I was like, I don't really need that. I don't really care about that. Or I didn't even realize I was paying for that. Like some free trial I signed up for that was nine ninety nine, and I just forgot and didn't notice because it was just 10 bucks. I didn't really notice it was there. So I think that there's a lot of that connection. And we don't talk about that as people because we don't typically talk about money. We certainly don't talk about you know, what we do and how that impacts our financial life. So I think that's the other piece is really having a space to talk about that stuff with other people, having support. I think the third, third thing I think is important about that is that it's folks, sometimes when we change our spending habits, we're going to change our behavior. And sometimes there's a social consequence to that. You know, like if I say I'm not going to go out to eat for the next 30 days, well, now I might miss out on time with my friends or my community. So I think that's important too. And, and my friends may not all be on the same page. Like they're not quitting eating out this month. So they still want to go out. So I could be tempted to go anyway and go against my commitment to myself. So I think that's, there's another portion that's really important that folks can have a community of folks who are similar minded who also have goals to support each other. Very cool. Yeah, no, I love that idea of having a similar minded group to support. And it really is interesting. I mean, when I sit down with people, um, it's very, it's fascinating because um, oftentimes people say, Galen, I need to sit down with you. And I'll say, sure, let's mm-hmm. do it. And then they just disappear. And then like months later, it's like, we need to sit down. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, we can do that. And then they disappear again. And then sometimes people will when we finally sit down they'll just be like galen you can probably tell i'm not super excited about really looking at all what they perceive to be like the ugly reality of what they're doing with their money and i had someone tell me yeah a client tell me they were like galen how much of my how much of my bank account do you need to see to become a client and in my case i don't do a ton into the bank account and a lot in the beginning it's more of like goal setting and everything and i said we can show me as much or as little as you want to And they said, because I would rather Mm -hmm. be seen naked than let someone look at my bank account or how I spend my money, because there's a lot of that shame around it. And what I will say, though, is behind Mm -hmm. closed doors, a lot more people don't have it figured out than I think most people would assume. I sit behind closed doors with business owners, doctors, like people from all professionals. And a lot of yep. times it's like, yeah, like I'm busy living my life. I'm busy building a business or I'm busy with a practice. I don't have a lot of time to sit mm-hmm. down and figure this out. But there's also yeah. a hesitation, I believe, of people looking for a coach or looking for someone who can guide them. Because a lot of people tell me, yeah. like, well, I just don't know who to trust or I don't know who to talk to. So there's like this catch 22 where it's like, I don't have the time to figure it out on my own. And some people simply from a personality perspective Mm -hmm. will never figure it out on their own. Like they'll never take action without external accountability. Mm -hmm. That's just how some people are wired. And then it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I don't want to bear my financial soul to someone. So it's an interesting spot people are stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think there's shame all around either from like how we spend or what we don't spend on, how much we make, how much we make, how little we make, uh, what we're doing with our money um, but also, I think I lost what I was going to say. There was something else in there, and I completely lost it. <laughs> um, let's see if I can get it back. Oh, I think that there's also times where I think folks don't want to have a conversation with me because they're afraid that if they show me how they're currently spending, I'm going to tell them they have to give it all up. And that's like, you know, that's not the goal. You know, I always repeat like quality of life matters. Like it's not 
I don't find it's worth it to, you know, hang out here on earth, cutting out everything we want to do for some end goal. And, you know, we can create having it all. So there's many ways up the mountain. So I think that's often a fear too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to take things away from what I want to spend it on and put it towards stuff I don't want to. And in my world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in my world it's definitely because most of my planning that I help people with is either saving up for a, a big purchase like a house or something like that or retirement. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of my clients, they're mm-hmm. looking 30 years out at like what do I need to do so that when the day I want to stop working I can stop. And it's tough because mm-hmm. humans are not hardwired to make the short-term decisions like that. And so a big part of my job is to help people like connect with that final purpose and then also see it as it's interesting because you talk about the subscriptions. Uh, Every company is moving to a subscription model right now. Like it's the best way for companies to make money. Uh, Software is a big Mm -hmm. one in my life where I used to spend maybe a hundred dollars a year on software. Now I'm spending couple hundred dollars a month because all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I can't just buy a CD. (laughs) Like I have to be part of like a program. And so it's gone way up and everything's going to, I guarantee like my, my prediction for the economy is as many people as humanly possible are going to move to the subscription model because it just works so well for companies to make consistent money that way. Um, So Mm -hmm. what I, uh, and I'll, maybe I'll share a story in a minute, but like helped a client see, you know, I also get people really clear on why it is they want, what they say they want and then kind of get deep to make sure it's actually in line with a that they really want it and it's not just like oh i need to get a house because i always had it that by this age i had to have a house and it's like yeah and the, the society's telling me i should go to school or i should get a house yeah. and it's like is that really what you need to do or not like to dig the deeper on that yeah yeah absolutely yeah and so i would what i was going to say is um when it comes to the uh, the different groups of people you work with, and like you're saying, like there's kind of the, the, what would you say are the big things that people have not learned about when it comes to money when they come to, to meet with you? Like what are the either, mis- I'd say either big misconceptions or like big things that mm. they, they, they need to know more about? Mm. I would say the biggest thing that folks come to me, hmm. I feel like there's multiple ways to answer this question. <laughs> like looking in my head right now. Um, most folks, most folks reach out to me because they have some kind of goal similar to you buying a house. I've done a lot of home buyer education, especially here in Atlanta. So I know like all the lenders and programs and stuff for that. Um, and then folks and they need, or they need like credit help with their credit or they want to start a small business, um, something like that. And I think what, what most folks tend to miss is not often the, the hard skills, but the how to connect the dots, like how to look at what you've got today and plan forward 10 years or how to make it so that in, in five years, you know, they can co-invest on a piece of real estate. Um, just kind of how to bring it all together and what I tend to discover, I think that's why that tends to be why folks reach out to me. And what I tend to discover a lot in working with a lot of folks is that there's also, they have a lot of self-defeating behaviors or a self-defeating mindset that is actually typically the first place we go to work um, because they keep kind of spinning their wheels, you know, and not getting anywhere. So sometimes it's not that they don't know what, but we got to like remove some of the blockages you know, give up some of the negative connotations or beliefs that they have about money or how much they make or how they should spend, uh, what they need. Kind of like you said, people have these, this idea, like I'm supposed to do this as if there's 
a list of things we're all supposed to do financially at certain ages in our life. Um, I was just talking with a girlfriend this morning who's an accountability buddy of mine, and she was talking about skipping Christmas. And I was like, girl, go. <laughs> like, I even sent her an Airbnb link to this place in Puerto Rico that I just was. But it was like, you, you know, we don't have to do everything the same way. Um, I had a client I spoke to last night who is wants to buy a piece of property, but also really wants to live in a van and like live a nomad life for a year. So we just create cool stuff. Like if that's really what you want to do, that's typically what I help people do. Like we create that, not this version of what you think you're supposed to have, but what do you really want? Mm. And then creating that. You know, it's interesting. This is reminding me a lot of a topic that I'm a big fan of, which is the hero's journey and Joseph Campbell. And one of the lines he has is when you follow, oh man, I'll have to look it up, but it's, it's about following your bliss. <laughs> And he says, when you follow your bliss, you find the path you've meant to be on all along. And that doors were Mm -hmm. open where before there were only obstacles. And I think that a lot of times that's what's happening. Like you said, it's like people think by, I need to do this to be successful. What are builder? I mean, surely like, here's the thing. Like if I, if I wanted to live in a van for a while, the first thing that would pop into my mind would be, what will people think of me? Like, (laughs) like even today I had an instance today. So, um, my mom visited here and I bought her something with my credit card. And then she's like, Hey, Galen, here's my credit card, buy something. That's the easiest way for her to get money from the U S to Canada or whatever. So I had a big repair on my car and I went there and I was like, okay, can you put this much on this card and this much on this card? And in my mind at that time, I was like, I hope he doesn't think I don't have enough money for this. And it's like, who cares? Like what is like, it was coming up for me. Like, I hope he doesn't think that I'm splitting it because I don't have enough money. And like all this stuff started coming up for me. I'm like, what on earth? And I was almost about to tell him why I was splitting it because I'm like, well, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, this dude doesn't care. Like, and like, what does it matter? Like, anyways, it was just really funny for me to like have that pop up for me today because I was like, yeah, just, all of a sudden I was like, no, like I'd hate for someone to see me do something that would make me appear unsuccessful uh, with money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's so much we could talk about around perception and how folks, especially here in Atlanta, I don't know. I want to, I call it stunt city. Everybody's just stunting. Like they're trying to show off as if like everyone has a Benz or a Beamer. And like, I've met with folks who have those vehicles and want to buy a house, but don't can't qualify for a mortgage. And I'm just like, bruh, (laughs) like your reason is because you already have a mortgage. It's in the form of your car payment. And it's not wrong and not to shame anybody, but it just doesn't work. And we, how we sometimes make decisions to look good, but we don't actually have the life we want. Yeah. And they're like frustrated at their car payment is six, $700 a month and working overtime to make ends meet, to be able to pay for it. Like you're working so much, you don't have time to enjoy it. And the reality is it probably isn't bringing you that much joy anyway. There's a whole, that's a whole, whole episode. That's a whole book <laughs> around like, Spending to look good, you know, yeah. versus just really living your bliss. I think, I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty darn blissful. I have a pretty phenomenal life and I love what I do. And I have a lot of freedom. That's really it. I've structured it such that I have a lot of freedom to do that. So I work with folks too to really create that. So it's part of my practice of strategist and coach is really having people create lives that they're lit up by, that they love, whatever it looks like. 
Yeah. No, I love it. And it's funny mm -hmm. what you said about the car because I grew up in North Carolina and, uh, well, Georgia and North Carolina. And I was in high school for North Carolina and um, a friend of mine, you know, like people were saying, like, how come when, like, basically the question was, how come in a lot of these houses that are run down, there's a really nice car parked in the driveway? And my friend said to me, mm. he said, it's because um, I, people can see my car. I'm driving around town in my car. No one comes and sees my house. So it's like, I'm yeah. going to pay, I'm going to spend more looking good on the thing people are going to see because that's what they're going to see when I'm out and about. And I remember thinking that and I'm like, you know, I'm like, uh, I kind of like, I can empathize with that desire a hundred percent. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, yeah. I had an Audi. I always wanted an Audi. Finally got my Audi. And I, for two weeks, I was like on top of the world. I got this Audi. And then after that, I was like, wow, uh, this thing when it needs repairs is super expensive. <laughs> And my dealership right. was in a different town. I had to like go drive. And then as soon as I could, I ditched it and I went back to Honda because I was like, Honda's easy. Like I'm doing my Honda. Easy. <laughs> but I remember right. when I dropped it, I was like, again, in my head, I'm like, oh man, I hope people think that I'm less, I hope people don't think I'm less successful because I had to drop from an Audi mm -hmm. to a Honda, even though I love my mm -hmm. Honda. Um, and there's one other right. thing you said around, uh, oh, what did you say that also made me think of something? Yeah. So designing the life you love and, and, and living a life of bliss. And I think that a part of what I struggle with when it comes to financial planning is it's, it's so much of it um, mm. traditionally is all about the numbers. And yes, a good financial planner will be like, let's do some goal setting, but very few will be like, you know, why is that your goal? Where does that come from? And it's like, and sometimes goals yeah. come from a place of lack. Like I lacked this yeah. at one point in my life. So I have to get that back to feel happy and I'm not going to feel happy until I right. do. That's something that I really struggled with early in financial planning is because almost everyone if I did, if I wasn't careful, I'd put them in a position of being like, I'll be happy when I hit this goal in five, 10, 30 years. And it's like, Hey, you gotta be happy while you're on your way to the goal too. Yeah. You gotta be happy now. Yeah. Happiness is not a destination. I think that's so important to bring to whatever we do. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that about the Audi because I've had, I, I drive a Honda <laughs> and that's been in my mind as like the next car when I'm ready to upgrade. And I keep thinking, and I'm not looking to upgrade anytime soon, but I keep thinking to myself, you know, I just took a trip to Puerto Rico and I was like, yo, uh, the car payment is like the same as a trip to Puerto Rico. So like I can create a life where I can have both. I'm not quite there yet. So I'm probably not going to upgrade until I can have both <laughs> or at least, or just like, I don't want to give up one for the other and then not travel as much as I want because I have an expensive car that sits in the garage. Yeah. So what? And especially, like, <laughs> and, and even for like the people you're talking to about who, you know, they got these car payments, like 700 bucks a month. It's like they're dumping money into something that won't be as worth what it was when they bought it. Like they're dumping money into something yeah. that's losing value. And it's hard to see that. And it's not necessarily like the way people think, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, if you, and my, I'm glad I got the Audi so I could have an Audi for a while, but now I'm like, I don't yeah. ever need to do that again. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, um, and I mean, like an, I got a Honda Accord. It's a nice car. Like it's a super nice, like I love driving it. It's a I great car. driving that car. So, and uh, anyways, yeah. but um, yeah, no. So I like the idea of like creating where you can have both. And the other thing mm -hmm. that I find interesting that's getting more and more common is that, so part, another thing that I see around financial planning in general is a lot of it traditionally, so a lot of what's around was based on back in the day when people used to work the same job 
for like a really long time. Everyone worked a nine to five and they'd work that job for like 30 mm -hmm. years and the company would take care mm -hmm. of them. And then they'd go to retire mm -hmm. and be taken care of. And that doesn't exist for the vast majority of people anymore. It never existed for business owners nope. and it doesn't exist for right. the average person anymore. Now, right. and so the thing I struggle with is a lot of what's out there is based on this old model of you're going to have somebody else take care of you, like an institution, like a, like a job or something, take care of you. And um, so more and more, I'm seeing people look to side hustles, look to alternate sources mm -hmm. of income, even doctors mm -hmm. like, that I work with. There's more side hustles among the doctor community. Wow. And a lot of times it is them pursuing some creativity that they can't pursue within their profession as easily. Um, so I was curious yeah. if you had any experience or like looking at that, like creating multiple mm -hmm. sources of income or creating side hustles of, of mm -hmm. like tapping into that sort of thing. Yeah, I certainly do. <laughs> I could be the side hustle queen. Um, no, I do have, I do a variety of things. So financial strategizing and coaching is my primary uh, source of income and what I spend most of my time doing. But I also created this course. I'm also an Airbnb super host and ambassador for Atlanta. Uh, so I have multiple properties that I manage in Airbnb. Uh, and I have a partnership with my mom. She helps me manage those as well. Um, is there something else? I feel like there's something else, but I can't quite put my finger on it right now. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm working on another course right now. Um, like, I I'm so for people creating additional sources of income. One of the things that I think I've become more recently very passionate about and have shared with like some friends of mine is turning what we already are good at into something like a course. A course that I have now is interactive so it does take time and i do offer coaching and we like share videos back and forth so i'm pretty involved in it um however there is the opportunity folks can just create a course you know record and create workshops with what you already know and then just have it out there as another stream of income but you didn't have to go learn a whole new trade you know what i mean so i have a friend of mine who um has like a basketball program that he's probably going to take that online and do online coaching, especially with COVID kids are at home. A lot of kids who aren't super competitive and, or don't want to compete, but still want to train can still do that. Um, so I think that, and like a friend of mine who does some kinds of mentorship and coaching for folks in their professional careers, I was like, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just package it with like the consistent things that you advise people with and create a course and then people can just buy it, make it affordable and keep it moving. So I'm all about, I think multiple sources of income is one of the best gifts you can give yourself for stability and just like self-care, <laughs> like really. Yeah. And I find it fun. In the, in the past, if folks decide to Google me, uh, I, I'm a poet also. And so in the past, like I used to perform poetry and compete and slam competitions like all over the country. Wow. That had paid me a few dollars here and there. That was kind of nice. And it was fun. So I think it's cool to take some time to monetize our habits or our things that we enjoy, even if it's just like a little bit. Sometimes there's like 50 bucks here or there. No big deal. But, you know, maybe yeah, bought I, me some dinner or, you know, whatever. No, I love, I love bought it. Bought me a new dress. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're saying about um, taking the things we're already good at and then teaching it to other people rather than having to learn something and teach it. And I have a whole series of episodes yeah. around superpowers, people helping, helping people discover their superpowers and like, and then running with it because for a while there, right. I was coaching entrepreneurs who were starting side hustles. And the thing that I saw them doing was they were basically saying, what's the one that can make me the most money? What are other people doing that can make me the uh, most money? And I'm like, you got to start with what you mm -hmm. enjoy because you may not make yes. money for a long time doing any of these things, 
but if you're enjoying yeah. it, it's not going to hurt as much <laughs> along the way. And, um, yeah. And most people, what I find fascinating yeah. and I am guilty of this as well is the things that people are good at, they just assume everyone's good at. And so they think like, oh, like my wife is an uber organized human being. She's the one of the most organized people. Mm. And she just sees systems, creates systems. She takes things that take a long time and she encompasses them into small things. She could definitely turn and mm -hmm. teach other people to do this. But if I were to go ask her, she'd yeah. be like, well, doesn't everyone do this? Like, doesn't everyone mm -hmm. like organize like the way I organize? And so in my case, um, just so I have two, um, I have my financial planning, which I can do in different ways. Like people can pay me by the hour in all these different ways. But also um, I have a productivity journal that I created as a side hustle a while back and uh, it's an online course. Cool. And then I also created um, a course for financial planners to go digital because I went digital way before COVID hit. And when COVID hit, everyone suddenly had to. So I created a course to help walk people through that of like, how do you nice. do this? Like even using a booking, an online booking system. A lot of people didn't know about that. I'd been doing it for years or how to have a good online mm -hmm. meeting. What's the tech you need, which isn't as much as a lot of people think. Um, even making mm -hmm. a course, as you mentioned, can be way simpler than most people think it can be. It can be very, very simple. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this huge involved yeah. thing. So I love that. And um, love one thing it. I want to make sure we talk about is you mentioned when we, um, early when we when we were first meeting which by the way we've never met in person which is like most of my guests I've never <laughs> met in person so funny one <laughs> um, day <laughs> someday, exactly yeah like someday we'll all meet up in puerto rico and uh, get we'll get away from Canada <laughs> in awesome. february when it's below freezing um what i was gonna say is um you said there's a demographic that you specifically work with empowering and so i definitely mm -hmm. want to hear more about that yeah so i yes I particularly do my outreach and marketing to the black community specifically and largely in around Metro Atlanta. I live right near downtown. So I'm, uh, I worked in nonprofits right before I went full time as a strategist and teaching home buyer education. And a lot of that included outreach to the neighborhoods in and around the downtown areas. So I'm already really connected to residents and business owners in this area. Um, and Atlanta is rapidly gentrifying. And I also live in like the fastest gentrifying neighborhood in the city. It's wow. crazy. Uh, so one of just one of my passions, my goals here specifically in Atlanta is to help create more black owned residential property, commercial property, business expansion so that we don't have to experience we don't have to be at the consequence of gentrification that we can also participate in, you know, owning ownership and creating opportunities for other people. And so that our institutions and businesses don't have to be disappeared from this area in five or 10 years because we weren't able to keep up with the pace. Um, and then more broadly, I have clients all over the country. So mm -hmm. I also work specifically with the black community. And I'd like to, one of my goals is really to heal our relationship with money. Like we've never had, it typically has been generational debt is what most black families pass down, not wealth. Like someone passes and there's not often not funds to pay for the funeral. Um, so I'm out to change that and also out to just make it so that when that does happen, there can be a wealth transfer or an asset transfer of some kind so that we can continue to build upon what the people before us had and not start and not have all of us kind of starting from scratch or ground zero. Cause it's just, I think been a big barrier as to how we haven't been able to get ahead as, as much economically as other communities. And I would just like to see that happen. 
and then the, the lives that we get to have. I mean, you can connect financial freedom with just like real freedom of life. So I think having just like real options and choices and freedom really matters to me and to serve that community. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. We um, often don't get it. So. Yeah, no. And I think, I think, and I mean, so I've worked in economic development in different places. It was, all, it was in South America. So, mm. um, and, but cool. what I was going to say is that I love that you're thinking about it from an intergenerational standpoint and like more of a long-term thing. Cause mm. part of it, like what I see happening is people say, oh, we need to go into the schools and teach financial literacy, which I don't necessarily have a problem <laughs> with, but mm -hmm. most of what they're teaching is not super helpful, even in general. And yeah. I certainly don't think it would help right. the community you're working with all that much because a lot of what they talk yeah. about is like, you know, what does it look like to invest in a stock or a bond? You know what I mean? It's not like that, like fundamental mm -hmm. shift in how do we approach this yeah. and do we believe we can move forward? Um, like I was yeah. talking, um, I was meeting with um, someone in this area where I live that was working in the area of um, people experiencing poverty. And we were starting to work with youth. And I asked this, mm. uh, you know, this, this was like, she was kind of like the grandmother taking care of the grandkid. And I was putting together stuff like, what should I be teaching? And I asked her, I was like, what do you think I should be teaching? And I thought she was going to say like, you know, um, you know, budgeting or like, you know, credit, like, you know, which I was planning on teaching them. And she said, the biggest thing you can teach my granddaughter is that she doesn't have to, to she doesn't, she's not stuck where she is. Like if she doesn't want to mm. be where she is, she can actually get out of there. Like she can change it for herself. Cause she said, mm -hmm. I'm already seeing it happen that she just feels like she's mm -hmm. on some train tracks and life is like, mm -hmm. she has no way of leaving what is just kind of predestined for her the way it's set up. And that really hit me. Cause I was like, yeah. I was planning on all this like very technical stuff. And she's like, yeah, you can teach that. But mm. until she knows that she has a, like a say in the matter, uh, it's going to be the same. So I think it's phenomenal to work um, actively with people who need that, like, or, or could benefit from mm -hmm. that fundamental shift. And like you said, like starting yeah. out, like starting out, like, like you said, intergenerational debt is, um, that's something that's hard to get out from under. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's, it's so interesting to look at finances from a different perspective. Um, I have a bachelor's and a master's in sociology. So I didn't intend to become a financial strategist. <laughs> I, was, I would not have believed you if you told me five years ago or 10 years ago that I'd be doing finance. Um, I think there's two things. Like there's one, it's really different to look at finances from an individual standpoint, teaching people about things like stocks and bonds versus looking at it from a community standpoint of like what are our goals as a community or what is going to make a difference for us to be able to expand our economic power, uh, even like our political voice of whatever that looks like. Um, it's just it's just really different. And I think that that because I have that background and I studied international and community development from a sociological perspective and understood the interplay of global forces and how that impacts local communities. Um, that's kind of why, and that's at the heart of what I do and why. And I've always just like had a love for community, like a sense of community, however it looks, whether it's geographic or familial or arts based or trade based or whatever. So it's just. Uh, yeah, that informs a lot of my work. And then I kind of learned the skills and the tools on top of it so, <laughs> to practice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like yeah. there's a quote from Steve Jobs. It's like, you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking backwards. So it sounds like mm -hmm. you've had all these different things that you've been able to kind of connect and you and use. Yep. Yeah. It's all been purposeful and much of it was 
halfway accidental. You've been you've been open to the idea of um, uh, mm -hmm. adaptation. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. I think I think really quick. I think because back to your point of like living bliss. I think mm -hmm. we often tend to think we know what we want or we have a plan. And, but then when we get out here in the world and we start trying things, doing things, practicing, we discover like, oh, I thought I wanted that, but I actually don't like that. Or I don't enjoy that. You know, like I thought mm. I wanted to teach in some capacity. And I thought for a long time in college, I might become a teacher. And then I saw how they were really like, you know, in the US at least, more and more students per class, teachers were so stressed out. And I was like, I don't want that. So how do I reach people and empower people that had to look different. So I think I've stayed really close to what I love and it's just taken me directions I didn't expect. Very cool. That's awesome. And I want mm -hmm. to make sure um, people know what it means, what it looks like to work with you, what it looks like to join your program. So if you give me a quick, you know, in, in a second, I'm going to give everyone the links where they can follow you and find out more about you. But like if someone were to reach out to you or someone were to start following you, like what's the kind of next step they would take to uh, talk to you at more depth. If someone's listening to this and saying, uh, yeah, I'm definitely resonating with what Tani's saying, picking up what Tani's putting mm -hmm. down. Um, how do I, how do, what's the next step look like? Yeah, I think it really depends on what they're looking for. So probably the best place to get in touch with me, my Instagram, my business Instagram page is pretty active. So I'm pretty responsive with messages there. Just shoot me a message and say, Hey, I want to buy a house. Hey, I want to start a business. I want this, whatever it is. And from there, we can figure out what the next best step will be. And if it's just a matter of like, hey, I really want to just understand personal finances better and have some accountability to my goals, then that course would be the best option. Um, so there's kind of, I have a variety of services depending on what folks want and need. Very cool. And I'm probably sorry. IG or my website is the best way. So, so okay, it's cool. So it sounds like people can uh, reach out to you in different ways. You mentioned Instagram, so I want to make sure we get that out there. So what are, you said Instagram and website. So what are those to make sure people have them? Yeah. Yeah. So the name of my company is called The Talents Coaching. Talents is with an S. So my Instagram is at The Talents Coaching and my website is www.thetalentscoaching.com. Those would be the best ways to get in touch with me. Awesome. And like you said, like it could be as simple as DMing and being like, this is what I want. And you guys start talking. Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't have to be this huge, like, like production. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm working on. Right. Exactly. And there are also services on the website for folks to read about and click through and schedule an appointment there. If they already know what they want, they can do that too. Awesome. Perfect. So it's at the talents coaching on Instagram and the talents coaching.com. And I'll be sure to put those links mm -hmm. everywhere that I'm posting this, uh, podcast which i say is broadcasted on every platform in the known podcasting universe because i put it out there on everything <laughs> but yeah um this is awesome yeah and i love um you know talking to someone about you know that deeper level of financial planning which is like the why and the purpose and like not necessarily following a straight path and so i love mm -hmm. hearing what you're mm -hmm. up to with people and what you're helping them create thanks thanks this has been so fun i love talking about it so Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and I hope everyone checks you out. I've been following you on Instagram for a while. I'm loving what you're putting out there and love seeing it pop up in my feed every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, this is motivational. <laughs> like, I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, bye. Bye-bye. 
Hi there, thanks so much for having checked out this episode of A Clean Bill of Wealth. I really hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out galenhelpsdocs.com. If you're a doctor, you're gonna get my video series where I talk about why traditional financial planning advice is failing Canadian doctors. And if you're not a doctor and still want some awesome information about financial planning for Canadians, be sure to go to gnutall, that's G-N-U-T-T-A-L-L.com to download your free 30-minute guide to Canadian financial planning. Take care, and I'll see you in the next episode.